This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. It takes a lot of hard work to make it look easy. This Mother's Day, Duluth Trading Co. can help you give her something that keeps up. Whether you prefer to shop online or in-store, Duluth has a motherload of gear, goods, and gifts to keep her comfortable and capable, no matter what needs doing. With Duluth's problem-solving details and legendary durability to boot, you'll finally be mom's favorite again. Check out DuluthTrading.com for all your Mother's Day gifting needs. Hello, I'm Rob Beckett. And I'm Josh Widdicombe. Welcome to Parenting Hell, the show in which Josh and I discuss what it's really like to be a parent, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, to make ourselves, and hopefully you, feel better about the trials and tribulations of modern day parenting, each week we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how they're coping. Or hopefully how they're not coping. And we'll also be hearing from you, the listener, with your tips, advice, and, of course, tales of parenting woe. Because, let's be honest, there are plenty of times when none of us know what we're doing. Hello, you're listening to Parenting Hell with... Can you say Rob Beckett? Josh Whitcomb. Josh Whitcomb. There we go. Can I can I guess? Can I guess? Yep. Cambridge. Ah, oh, it doesn't say Rob. It doesn't say where he's from. Do put where you're from from now on, so we can have the guessing game. That, that, that yes, yeah. but don't put fake accents on. No, no, exactly. That's unfair. Love the show. I know everyone says it, but genuinely, it's kept me sane during the lockdowns. As a man on furlough, while my wife powered through, and then she's done the emoji of the punching hand and the emoji of the big bicep working oh, nice. for nhs as a donor carer here's my boy oh. oliver aged three and a half for your intro purposes we have his brother stroke sister arriving april 2022 so give me time and maybe i'll send another clip for him stroke her all right mate um <laughs> he wants a double he wants a double appearance fee he's double dipping and that is from tim thank you very much lovely tim um how are you josh got a stiff neck story oh go on so uh my daughter uh went on a day out with my wife and her mum yeah and uh she's quite into art my daughter like doing art mm. uh so she decided she wanted to go to an art gallery Ooh. yeah mm-hmm. they took her to the tate modern Ooh. <laughs> what I'm doing that mm. do you know what rob yeah that is not the art gallery to take a four-year-old to why not because they don't really understand conceptual art, do they? They don't understand modern art. Yeah, but aren't the other ones all a bit boring, like National Portrait Gallery? She wanted to see some paintings, and she's looking at a bloody half a car. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, have you been? Did you crash it? <laughs> Trying to get to the petrol station. So, yes, I know what you mean. It's not. I think sometimes they're into that fun stuff, like yeah. that. They want my wife, my daughter. I need to book it. Wants to go to see the you know that Japanese. That's her favourite. Yes, I am. Uh, fucking can't remember it. She does pumpkins with yellow and black on. Yeah. That's at the Tate Modern. Is that what they went and saw? Well, I don't know. They, they did one floor and then my daughter said she wanted to see more pictures that were pink. 
Okay, fair enough. She said, is there any pictures of rainbows? It's like, no, of course there's not, mate. It's the Tate Modern. Yeah, it was the wrong. But then you wouldn't get that. The portrait character, they're all sort of old and sort of weird naked men. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You don't want to go in the Francis Bacon room. And there's, yeah, to be honest, let's be honest, four-year-old's not going to enjoy a gallery. No, exactly. But it's a bit of a stiff neck parent thing to go, oh, she asked to go to the gallery, actually. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, we actually took her to the Tate Modern. Yeah, but she hated it. Yeah, she absolutely hated it and cried and went to Wagamama's and then bought, I bought yeah. a plastic toy that's going to go into landfill. Because <laughs> that's the real truth of parenting. <laughs> they did. They went to Leon. That's where they went. <laughs> they went to Leon. But they enjoyed walking over the bridge. Yes. And, we, yeah, and she threw a rapper in the river. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's got no respect. And we told her off, but that was her favourite part of the day. Exactly. And that's what she'll remember. Um, oh, that's, that's good, though. It's that she wants to go somewhere like that, isn't it? Is it good? Well, it is, but that's probably killed it, hasn't it? Would you rather, Are you going to try and get your kids into going to football and watch Plymouth? Um, I wouldn't take her to Plymouth because it's so far away. I don't want her to support Plymouth. That would be absurd. There is talk of going to Clapton. Oh, Got a little hipster local team. They've got, a, you know, like Dulwich Hamlet in the southeast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clapton uh, Community Football Club are like that. You know, they've got like ultras and they've got like, um, oh. yeah, so it's meant to be really good fun. What about West Ham? I, I just can't do that, Rob. I just... Why not? I just don't want her to support West Ham. But she's from the East End. I just don't want her to support West Ham. Why not? Because I hate them. <laughs> Why do you hate them? I, I don't like them as a club. I don't like the ground. The ground is so completely soulless. I mean, we're getting into football chat here. Yeah, I know, but I just I, when you're saying you'd want them to support a local team, I find West Ham are the kind of team they think they've got more of a personality than they have. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? They, their fans think they're a bit special. They think they've got a special way of playing. They're constantly bleating on about 1966 as if anyone gives a shit. <laughs> I mean, it would be good to get some terrible stories of taking your kid oh, to yes. the football too young because that is a thing that happens a lot. They get the full kit, they take a two-year-old to the football and the kid hates it. So if you've got any stories of kids hating football. I remember being at Argyle and there was like a kid and their parents, and there must be like four or five. <laughs> and the moment the first chance happened yeah. and the ground kind of erupted, she just burst into tears and they just had to take her home. It was just... Horrible. Horrible. You got. You can't go to. You've got to wait till they ask. I think about seven. When did you? I went. I first went. My first game. Our first game was Exeter City. Rob Plymouth Argyle's greatest rivals. Oh, I can't remember. I think I was probably about ten or something. But my dad didn't like football, so it, football uh. going football wasn't a thing in our house. I went to watch Crystal Palace. I, was, I got free tickets from the school. Yeah. And then my dad took me to an Arsenal game once when I was about eleven, and then I went. I didn't really go that often. A couple of... I sort of went every now and again as like a special treat sort of day out. But, um, you know, I didn't go that often. But yeah, I remember always enjoying it. I went, went when I was about seven. That's when I first went. And it was all right. I didn't know what was going on because I was gutted that there was no comment. I presumed the commentary was like... was boomed into the stadium. You're, you're, you're a words man, and you're a wordsmith, Josh. Exactly. I love it. I like, Where's the commentary? Can't just watch... Can't just enjoy it. Well, the problem is I just... I hate going to football because I sometimes listen to other people behind me. So that's why I have to be absolutely smashed out my head. So I'm the worst one. I hate everyone at football. <laughs> and I'm going to Plymouth v Charlton today and I'm already thinking, oh God, people. And also what's exciting is people, because we were recording this earlier, will we'll know what happened in that result. So they'll be going, oh, he's going to have a terrible day. Well, I'm going to tell you now, look up that result. I've, I've I got such a shit run as a Plymouth fan. They always lose. My wife says I should don't go because they always lose. I'm going to put a tenner on them losing 3-0. Plymouth, at the point of this recording, 
We haven't lost yeah. since the first day of the season, August. We haven't lost since August. Really? Are you unbeaten in the league? Yeah, unbeaten in the league since the first the day of the season. The No, no, we lost our first game. That was our first game. Oh, no. Yeah, and then we put, ever since then, we haven't lost. I have never been more certain we're going to lose than today. Have you, You've not seen them for ages, then? This is my first game of the season. Are you in League One? Yeah. Yeah, top of the league? Yeah. Smashing it, look at that. Two points clear of Wigan, where are Cholton? Uh, they're quite far down, but they've picked up. They are, yeah, they're a bit shit, 17th. Um, well, have a, have a nice day and hopefully you don't lose, yeah, Josh. Yeah, thank you. It's a curse. Um, Josh, I need to talk to you about I am now the strongest I think I've ever ever been. Oh, yeah? Because I don't really do any... So I do boxing, but it doesn't really do your yeah. strength. That's just sort of cardio. Carrying my children. Oh, yeah. I'm still having to carry them at points, and they're five... Well, they're nearly six oh, and four. Word. They're too big to carry. But now, sometimes in the middle of the night, they need a wee, and they don't really want to go, and you have to lift them out of bed... I'm carrying them through like the hallway landing. I feel like a bouncer chucking out a drunk girl. <laughs> They're so big. They're so long. When a six-year-old just let like limp half asleep. They're so fucking long. Oh man. And then you just carry them and have a piss and you carry them out. It's like I just keep getting flash forwards when they're like 17 and arrive pissed at the front door and you have to carry them to bed. <laughs> oh God. I'm, it's got me strong though. I'm like, a, I'm ripped now. Yeah, well, good work. You're bench pressing your daughters. Those midnight toilet runs are getting me ripped. Dad strength. I'm getting peak, peak dad strength. You're going to be Gary Barlow by 40. Do you know what, mate? I'm, I'm fucking... It's, it's looking odds on. Is it? It's looking... I think it's going to happen. God. I'm doing boxing twice a week. Are you? And playing football once... If I'm, if I'm not working too much, I'm doing boxing twice a week and playing football at least once a week, which is good. But I keep... I eat. I eat like I'm on death row. <laughs> <laughs> so whenever I do exercise, I eat like it's my last meal or before I'm executed. <laughs> yeah, you got. Do you know what you need to do, Rob? What's that? Protein shake. No, I don't need it. I don't need bulking up. I need slimming down. It's not for bulking up. It just stops you then eating rubbish food after you've done exercise. Is that what it is? That's why I do it. Right. Because it fills you up with stuff that's actually going to help your muscles after exercise. Yeah. I'm going to say this now, Rob. Yep. Go on. Between me and you. Yep. Don't worry that you're going to be too ripped because you're not. <laughs> There's no, no one's going. Yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. I'm fearing that Rob Beckett is too ripped. Yeah, but what if I get too fit and sexy and everyone just wants, to, they're not going to laugh at me, they just want to fuck me. Well, you know, they, 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 people want me to concentrate at my gigs and they're like, oh my God, I don't care what he's saying, I just want to rip his clothes off. That's the danger. And sure. You know, you can give me this advice, Josh, you can give me this advice about what I should do to get fit, but no offence intended, I don't want your body. Well, you're not my end goal. I don't know what you mean by that, Rob. Well, you're, t- you're giving me advice and you are in, yeah, you're very I'm, lean I'm and you're in shape. You, Rob. But you're, I'm here to tell but you. But you're, you're not what I want. Protein shakes, look at me. They don't make you too ripped. <laughs> okay, because right. you're, you're you've got you're lean, but I want to be a little bit more berry and bulky. Like I, my, a dream well, get bod. Get the protein shakes going, mate. Dream bod, Foxy from SAS. Who dares wins? Oh, I don't know Foxy from SAS. You must know Foxy. Come on, mate. He's, I think Foxy's everyone's favourite. And Middleton's a bit more famous. Oh God, he's hot, isn't he, Foxy? He is hot, isn't he? He's a, he's a hot guy. Yeah. So you're not going to look like that. Mm, well, I'm not finished getting. Look at the size of his arms. Yeah, but he had to grow them at some point, didn't he? Yeah. But yeah, he is. Yes, he is very... I'm getting mixed messages, Rob. You want to be foxy, but you're also worried about being too ripped. (laughs) 
I have actually got a what the body I want right yeah. is of this. Bo- I want a body like a boxer, Josh, but like a sort of yeah. cruiserweight boxer. Yeah, I'll show you what body I want. Go to Google. You uh, let me. Let me. I'll just send you a picture. Yeah, there's a boxer called Gassiev who fought. This is weird. I don't know why am I telling you all this. This is really weird. But uh, should I send you a photo of a man's yeah. body that I want? Yes, uh, I, I <laughs> See, do. I, I sort of want to look like this guy on the right. That that's my that's my that's my end goal, right? The, that, that where it's a little bit like. Not too big, but a bit muscly. Oh, yeah. Go on the right, yeah? Yeah. You like that? That That is a lovely body. I wouldn't say no to having that body. A bit of air on your chest. It's not too ripped. You know, You know. there's no... It's a sort of a six-pack, but nothing major. You know, and, and just really lovely arms. <laughs> Do you know what, Rob? There's a little treat. There's a little yeah. treat. I'm going to Photoshop your face onto that when we finish this. Oh, lovely. Yeah, we'll, and we'll put it on Instagram. Yeah. Okay, and that's the body I want, Gassiev's body. Yeah, and you can stick that above your peloton. Imagine putting your hands through that chest. Yeah. That's what the front row will be thinking when I'm trying to get my bloody comedy out and they're treating me like a sex object. <laughs> Fucking nightmare fuel for me. <laughs> Stop trying to fuck me and just listen to my words. That's what I'll be saying as I storm off stage. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your skin refuses to be defined by age. That's why Agency Design, Future Formula, a personalized anti-aging formula prescribed by a dermatology provider to treat fine lines, wrinkles, dark spots, and more. Agency has clinically proven ingredients like tretinoin, which is up to 20 times stronger than over-the-counter retinol. Future Formula by Agency. Get your first month free at withagency.com. That's W-I-T-H-A-G-E-N-C-Y.com. $4.95 shipping and handling subject to consultation. Subscription required. Cancel anytime. Um, right, Josh, we need to introduce uh, H from Steps, don't we? Yes. This uh, is a wonderful episode. Uh, Steps are on tour, arenas across the country. Hello, H. How are you? Hello, how are you doing, sir? I'm very good. Very excited by this. Josh, even though we discussed with H what we wanted to be referred to as Ian or H, you still said it like you wasn't sure. Well, I didn't know whether to add the words from Steps, because I only ever say the word... You know when you're like H from Steps? That's, that feels like the full name of H. Well, and it feels like my middle name is always from, so... <laughs> 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 um, we're very excited to have you on the show, yeah. um, H. Um, thank you From for joining steps. us. Bless you. I am. A, I'm a super fan, and I only do things now that I want to do. So I'm very, very honoured to be a part. Oh, brilliant! Well, I was going to say that because I don't see you on much, and it's always. A, and you're doing an arena tour with Steps, and it's always a good sign if someone's doing an arena tour and you're not aware they're doing it because it means they've sold out and they don't have to go on Sunday brunch. <laughs> so I think there's a few tickets left, but you've sold well. So that means you can get away without the promotion, can't you? There is that. Do you know what, boys, though? Um, it's our 25th anniversary coming up soon. And wow. If, yeah, do you know what? I mean, we were signed on a one single deal with that line dance single that will... Is, is, <laughs> Five, six, seven, eight. Signs of dying, seriously. So if you told me 25 years ago we'd still be doing it and packing arenas, I would have laughed at you. So yeah. I feel so blessed. Yeah, on paper, it doesn't seem like an equation that would work that 25 years later you'd be doing arenas on a one single line dancing deal. Yeah. <laughs> if you put it that way, then yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, there'll be people doing music promotion degrees going, I just can't work out this one, but it, you have done it. How did you first, I mean, we, we are going to talk to you about parenting, but how did that come about then, that signed up? Did you all just get recruited for a line dancing single? Well, uh, it was, uh, and it doesn't really exist anymore. So it was a, a newspaper called The Stage. Yeah. And um, it was the way that everybody advertised for jobs, you know, where if you want to be a singer or a dancer, you know, go off on a cruise ship, any kind of entertainment job they used to advertise in this uh, newspaper. And it was out every Thursday and I used to get it. And at the time, the Spice Girls were huge. Everybody had kind of, you know, saturated the boy band market. And there was one uh, advert in there that said uh, about boy girl looking for, uh, it was like sassy and sexy um, boy girl band members. And I was like, oh, I can do that. <laughs> I'm both of those things. Yeah, ideally middle name from. Yes. <laughs> I'm already yeah, called from steps. They just got to change my first I literally, name. I mean, there was a time where I kind of, I tried to shun it and, you know, and literally turn my back on the whole steps thing. Yeah. Just because yeah. when you leave a group with such a legacy, you want to become, you want your own identity. Yeah. You need to be, uh, you know, a solo artist. And everything just came back to steps all the time. So, you know, now I've just gone, fuck it, my middle name's from. (laughs) (laughs) Also, as well, it's such a strange name for a band, just steps. But you know why we call steps, right? Because of the dance moves. Yeah, exactly, yeah, dance steps. And we were signed basically to save... Uh, <laughs> the world from uh, country line dancing. That's why we were signed. And we we had a, a, other singles lined up that were very country and Western based. And like, really? oh, wow. And I still have the demos. Nobody's ever heard of them. Oh my gosh, they're just so bad. I'm, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll come back to steps at some point, but I'm far more interested about your parenting, H. Can you let us know the setup, how many kids you've got, and what the situation is, H? Okay, so I have uh, twin boys. Yeah. Um, so already, I mean, I, I'm outnumbered because I'm a single parent. Yeah. Um, they are nearly six years old now, so they'll be six next March. And wow. my goodness me, it is it is a roller coaster. Uh, let's put it that way. Twins as a single parent as well. I mean, that must be oh that's intense. Word. Yeah, I mean, I've never known anything, anything different. Yeah. You know, so, and I, I always say, you know, because Lee in the band, he's just become a new dad and he has one, a little boy, Leo. And um, he's like, how the hell did you do it with two? <laughs> but you know what? But you you deal with what you're given. Yeah. You know, I say if I had triplets, then you just get on with it, right? And you become last in the pecking order. And yeah. you know, sometimes I don't brush my teeth. You know, sometimes I don't eat. I, I don't drink a cup of coffee until four in the afternoon. But that's what you do, right? Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. You get on with yeah. it. I mean, I, I definitely think the more kids you have, the more wine you drink in the evening. That's I'm, I'm a tequila man, so I'm... <laughs> shots of tequila. <laughs> so that's how you deal with it, Rob. You just got to up the percentage of your alcohol depending on the amount of kids you've got. Oh, Is that simple? Absolutely, my liver throughout lockdown. <laughs> Well, yes, yeah, so you was indoors on your own in lockdown. Did, so did you have the childcare bubble, though, because you was a single parent? Did that, is that how it worked? No, well, I mean, I could have, but my, yeah. because my parents are of, a, of an age and they are vulnerable, so yeah. um, I basically yeah, spent lockdown. <laughs> that oh. was hard. I, I mean, luckily, wow. I have a big garden, and we did lots of things outside. I cannot even imagine how people were isolated with families in flats. I mean, yeah. I would definitely have questioned my, my own mental health at that point. Mm. I mean, trousers, yeah. hats off, seriously. Unbelievable. Isn't it? And so they're six now. So they're in year one, is it year one of school? Yes, yeah, so they've just yeah. started year, uh, year one now. And they go to Welsh school. So they are fluent Welsh speakers for their oh, age. Wow. Which means I have to learn Welsh because the little buggers will be talking about me behind my back 
very soon. Oh, so you don't speak Welsh? I, I'm learning, so yeah, so I'm a Duskor. Duskor is a learner in Welsh. And can they teach you? Well, I understand what they are talking about at the moment. So it's just, yeah. it's very basic conversations. Um, yeah. But yeah, I have to up my game and start going to classes again because yeah, soon Amazing. they're going to be flying. And did you give them traditional Welsh names? I did actually, yeah. Um, so uh, one of my boys is called Maxen. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> actually- like the magazine? <laughs> <laughs> that got me for a few years when I was 40. That's a straight thing, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is a bit. <laughs> That's a straight thing. <laughs> Weirdly, my daughter's called Attitude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so one of, one of my boys is called Maxen. Yep. And yep. my other little boy is called Cubby. Oh, oh that's a great name. And do you know, funny, so and they're both named after animals, which is ridiculous. So um, Maxen is named after a horse I had many, many years ago. Yeah. And Cubby um, is named after a dog, and it's Alec Jones's dog. <laughs> That's amazing. How does that come about? Because I did, many years ago, I did Chitty Chitty Bang Bang with um, Led Jones. This is the greatest, greatest story yeah, I've ever heard of a kid name. <laughs> that, nobody knows that, actually. Um, so, uh, yeah, we did Chitty Bang Bang together, and yeah. Aled fell in love with my dog, who's a Bichon. And uh, basically, I went with Aled to get his dog, and he called him Cubby. You know, he said, right, yeah, we need a, a very regal royal name mm-hmm. for a dog. And uh, the obvious one is Dewi, so Dewi Sant. He's the patron saint of Wales. But Cubby is also another saint. So that's mm. how, that's basically how my child oh. became Cubby. Amazing. And has Alice Jones still got the dog? Sadly, no. Oh, the dog no. actually oh, passed Josh. away. Question to ask. That I was know. only going one way. Josh. I'm an idiot. Yeah, so, yeah, sorry to like piss on your chips. No. Don't bring up Ali Jones's dog that's passed away. That Josh. was in the email before the interview. <laughs> Don't bring up Ali Jones's dog. <laughs> I didn't make questions. <laughs> and so, um, and so, do you live in Wales? Then? I live. Yeah. So I live uh, not far from Cardiff. Uh, mm. Basically, I moved back to the area. I'd lived in London and North Wales. Yeah. But I had an incredible uh, relationship with my grandparents when I was growing up. Yeah. And I wanted my kids to have that as well. And I'm, you know what? I'm so pleased that I did. They, they love my parents dearly. And also I can offload my kids to my parents. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it makes a massive difference, doesn't it? Oh, seriously. But you know, that relationship, that bond they have now is, is just, you know, it's, it's incredible. It's for life. And, and yeah, I'm so pleased I did it. So when you're away on tour, are they with your parents or are you... Um... Well, the last time we, we, we went on tour um, was uh, oh, four years ago. And I actually took the kids with me. Um, mm-hmm. So I took uh, my best friend with me and she was basically my nanny for the tour. Mm-hmm. But that was so much easier because they weren't in school in full-time education. Yeah. This time it's, you know, it's, it's been a minefield. I mean, I, I, I've been spinning plates, I'm juggling balls. Uh, I'm a one man band. Yeah, I've seen the encore. It's great. Um, so it's, it's been harder because yeah, because also not only are they in school, it's like they've got a, like they have like football or ballet on a Tuesday, then they've got this and they've got that, and it's a birthday party. They start to develop their own social lives and schedules. Yeah, very much so, yeah. So my parents have moved into my house, and they are basically their primary carers for a month. So yeah, yeah so it's, and I have an army of uh, friends, um, you know, yummy mummy friends that I call them. They're beautiful. You know, they're just part of my little lifelines. So they do you know gymnastics, they do football, they do swimming, they do um, you know drama. 
I've lined up something every night of the week, every oh. pickup, every morning. But that's I have to, you know, because yeah. I just want to relieve yeah. the stress for my parents. Do you find yourself like you're about to go on at an arena to perform to, you know, 15,000 people and you're having to kind of get texts about how bedtime's going and stuff like that? Well, I FaceTime my kids. Um, because <laughs> my kids don't really know what I do because I don't brainwash them with steps uh, videos. Yeah. They think I'm an ice skater because I did that on an ice. <laughs> Um, so I FaceTime them and they, do you know what? I, I would like them to miss me just a little bit more, but they're really not asked. Yeah, I know. Oh. But I, I say that to Lou all the time. I go, have they asked after me? She goes, no, no, they've not mentioned you. But you know, but that's, and I was speaking to the steps girls about it. They want, that's what you want. You want them to be happy and content and not miss you. And I was like, yes, but I just want them to say, I love you, daddy. Yes, yeah. daddy. I know. But they go on the phone and they go, hi, daddy. I had chocolate and I'm watching Paw Patrol. Bye now. <laughs> yeah, and I go on to like perform to fifteen thousand people. Great. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good though. You know, they're 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 sort of safe and like comfortable with your your parents and stuff. I mean, as you know, as a single parent, is there certain things that I know you sort of said you just get it through it, but there must be things that are much more challenging and stuff. What's been what have you found difficult? You know, is it just that you know there is there isn't that other person that you can just go to all the all the time? Or yeah, I mean, the first and foremost is that I'm outnumbered completely. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's it's a <laughs> it, it's a skill you develop uh, when you're outnumbered. Is that you can listen to two conversations at the same time, pick out words, and know exactly what it's about, and answer them both. <laughs> yeah, God. and especially they're starting to speak a new language that you can't speak as well, which makes it doubly hard. Exactly. Yeah, I, I often uh, I compare myself to uh, uh, like a daddy blue tit. This is what I this is my little analogy. Okay. So that daddy blue tit is flying in and out of the nest. Um, you know, the, your, your, the, the birds want feeding, they want love, they want attention, they want warmth. By the end of the day, he looks like he's been dragged through a bush backwards and knackered. And that's me. <laughs> OK. And so um, do they get on as, as twins? What, what answer would you like me to say? <laughs> the truth. No, they hate each other. Jesus. <laughs> really? Oh, my God. <laughs> there are glimpses of loveliness. But I don't know. Do you know what? I, you see these parents that have, you know, these beautiful Insta stories, you know, where they're having, you know, um, fish and chips on blankets, you know, and build. And I'm like, no, my, my life is carnage. You know, I have to police every second. If I turn my head away, then one of them is bitten the other. It's, it's, yeah. it's ridiculous. Also, I do yeah. think, though, your idea of the perfect sort of romantic, like perfect childhood chips. thing is a fish and chips on blankets. I would say that's <laughs> obtainable, H. Yeah. I, th I think you could have fish and chips on blankets. Uh, no, yes, but, you know, watching a sunset, you know. Oh, no, never that. Gonna, you know, oh, nah. I do hate that sunset dinner with the kids. I'm like, by that time, they're killing each other. Oh, mine's having a dump behind the rocks, you know. It's... <laughs> <laughs> and have they got, like, markedly different personalities? Like, Yeah, very much so. So um, so my kids, uh, they, they kind of switch as well. So one is, kinda, he's, he's very similar to me, uh, Max is. So he's all mouth and no trousers. So, you know, he puts up, you know, he's, he's got a big gob, but he's actually a little bit uh, sensitive. Whereas Cubby is a very quiet and super confident. It's, oh, you know, yeah. it's very, very different, but it switches all the time with them. So, you know, when I, just when I think I've got it, I've mastered it, they flip <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm back to square one. It's, yeah, it's, it's a mind. Because yeah, they check, they never, it's always evolving. Once you do get a handle on it, that they've changed as kids. And then, you know, in year one, they're a bit sassier now and a bit more, they think they know everything because they're getting, they're learning at school. They're coming home and going, I know this, I know that and stuff like that. But it's, it, it, they get a bit cocky. 
I haven't come across the cockiness just yet. I don't, uh, I'm not in that ballpark yet, but it's just the things they come out with, which are so innocent and so funny. Oh, what, what did, so Cubby said to me the other day, he went, Daddy, I wish my winky could stretch to the toilet because I don't want to get up. <laughs> <laughs> That's my boy. That's a great line. <laughs> and of course, when I'm an, I don't know if you do this, you know, with, with your kids, what I do with my sons. So I'm teaching them to aim properly, to have a wee. So we have a yeah. wee together. Mm. Right, okay. So um, do you know those little toilet uh, duck, you know, discs? You, you, know, you kind of squish them like gel mm-hmm. discs. Yeah. So we put them on the toilet, top tip, and then you, they teach them to aim at the, oh. at the disc. Oh, yeah. So we're all having a, you know, a wee together. And... <laughs> So is it three urinals or is it one toilet you're all aiming in like a fishbowl? Caring and sharing kind of urinal family. <laughs> I did have there was some sort of H trough. <laughs> not a trough in my house. No. There's no way I could go in that situation. There's, I'd find that too much pressure, I think. Yeah, I would too, having a piss with H and his two children. Yeah, <laughs> that would be weird. One of them when he went, Daddy, your willy is massive. <laughs> and I went, yes, it is. <laughs> But that, my daughters have done that before, going like, Daddy, your bits are like a sausage. Oh, and I'm like in the middle of a swimming pool, changing room, like, shut up. <laughs> How do you, uh, I wouldn't even know where to start with girls, because obviously we're blokes yeah. and we know what blokes bits do. So that's a bit of a, another minefield for me. Mm. I, well, you don't have to practice that. aim, though. That's the beauty, because they just have to sit on the toilet. Yeah. So I've just thought now, because I've got a, a daughter and then I've got a son who's he's too young yet, obviously, but... I didn't realise aim was a big... How difficult is it to aim your piss? Well, when you're five, clearly a lot. It... Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's good. You, you can have piss oh, all over God, your toilet. I hadn't <laughs> thought about that. Oh, yeah. no. A pissy toilet. Always have tiles in your downstairs loo. Jeez. Oh, no. And um, obviously they're going... Uh, they're obviously, in year one of school, I've noticed it with uh, my daughter. They're learning about all different things and, and animals. They learn about families and stuff like that. Obviously, are they aware that you're sort of like a single like a single dad and a gay dad? Has that come up in conversation yet? Or are they still a bit young to, to sort of, um, you know, acknowledge that? Well, no, I mean, I, I obviously, from the get-go, we have a, a different kind of family anyway. So, yeah. you know, uh, and there is no traditional family unit anymore, no. anyway, you know. Oh, you, of course. Yeah. You know, there are rainbow families, you know, straight families, single parent families, you know, the grandparents bringing up. Mm, yeah. And so, you know, there is no, I hate the word normal, but I, so I use traditional. There's no traditional yeah, yeah. family unit yeah. anymore. Uh, but of course they, they know that uh, boys, <laughs> so this is the conversation. Yeah. Another one. Daddy, <laughs> boys can marry boys. Yes, they can. Yeah. Girls can marry girls. Yes, they can. <laughs> But a pterodactyl cannot marry a T-Rex. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most boring thing I've ever heard. But you know, when you put it like that, because they'll eat it, right? Yeah, of course they will. So yeah. <laughs> I tell you, give him 15 years, he'll be cancelled for that view. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise you were bringing out a bigger age. <laughs> <laughs> and so do you take you try and take him out to different places for days out? Are you a sort of theme park and you know guy, or will you take him to museums and stuff like that? Or is it a bit of a combination? Do you know what? From day one, I've been a parent that has to get out of the house. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even when they were little. I mean, God, it was so, so hard. 
so I would, when they were bottle fed, I would sit on the floor, I'd have them both in their car seats, I'd be rocking them with their bottles in their mouths, literally oh crying, my going. Oh, <laughs> oh my word. Questioning my mental health, absolutely. But then I would, I'd have to get out of the house. You know, yes. I'm not going to yeah. question anybody's parenting because we do it differently. But I, I sometimes I didn't know where I was going, but I would drive and get out of there. I'm exactly the same. I'd like, I'm, I'm much better with them out and about rather than indoors. I start to go the a bit. The time goes so much quicker out of the house. I yeah. think when you're indoors, it's just it can your day can just go on and on. But like you've got to have some kind of thing going on. I think that's the only way I can do it when I'm really even stressed, even I a think. dog needs to be walked. Never mind a exactly. bloke with two yeah. kids. But I think you know it's it's a curse and a blessing having twins. <laughs> you're at the same developmental stage so there's no reasoning usually when there are siblings yeah. you know one knows yeah. a little bit more than the other and should know better i guess but with with twins it's oh my goodness me it's carnage but also it's beautiful because you already have a friend for life or they have a friend for life yeah yeah, yeah. Or, you know it's not like i have to go on play dates they have each other to and as long as i police it they can play nicely and, and learn and you know and i can have a little bit of respite so you know anywhere i would just go out whether it be a park sometimes a museum um you know if, if there was a, an exhibition that was child friendly you know definitely yeah. the beach yeah. near the coast so there's so much on my doorstep that I can do. Um, and I would be out from nine o'clock until, you know, five o'clock uh, in the afternoon every day. I have to get out. Yeah. And um, if, if there's people listening that are like expecting twins or they've just had twins, what is there, is there a couple of tips that you'd say that things that really helped you out with having twins that you sort of learn as, as, they, as they went on? Oh, my goodness. I mean, you automatically as a parent uh, last in the queue, you know, you... <laughs> Yeah. let alone when you're a twin parent. But I'd say if you want to sit in your dressing gown and not brush your teeth until four in the afternoon, yeah. then do that. You just have to look after you. If the house yeah. looks like a bomb site, leave it. You know, if you need to sleep, just sleep. You have to, you know, as long as yeah. you put yourself, it's paramount, your mental health, you know, your physical health. You have to just look after yourself to look after kids. How was the sleep? That I've just thought, like, that must be really tough with the, the period when... Like, were they different levels of sleeping and one's awake and then the other's asleep? Like, one baby sleeping is hard enough, but two must be. Do you know what? Because it's a very different traditional family unit. So, mm. you know, the time that I spent with them, it was military. I I, I had them in a military routine. You know, they would wake up <laughs> like clockwork for their body. Five, six, seven, eight, teeth, <laughs> bed, <laughs> sleep. <laughs> <laughs> you shit. <laughs> Sorry. You had that while waiting, didn't you? Oh, always. <laughs> Yeah, so they, they were in a really uh, good routine from day one. I've never had my children in bed with me. So I know a lot of parents, you know, they have them in the night because it's mm. just easier, you know. Whenever my children have been ill or, you know, or I've been worried, then I sleep on the floor with them in their bedroom. But I say from three months, my children have been 12 hours a night babies. They, wow. They, wow. I can count on one hand since I've taken the sides of their cots down the times that they've woken me up in the night for something. That is astonishing. Yeah, yeah no, they're, they're great uh, kids. They're, they're incredible sleepers. But I swear it's because I've done the tough love thing. And it's not for everybody, you know. Mm. I, I did the, you know, if I if I pick them up and they stop crying, they just wanted me to pick them up, so I put them down. You know, I, I did yeah. the tough love thing. And some people don't agree with that. But it's worked for me. Yeah, well, I think yeah, I think that that is is tough doing that. We and we we were a bit aware of doing that, but in the end, with our firstborn, we had to do that because nothing 
worked mm-hmm. apart from basically you just pick her up and then it'll just she just wanted to be with us but then once we did be a bit tougher with it and it was hard to do but then she slept really well throughout the night and, and has done since but it was we were just gonna send ourselves mad if we didn't try it and also with two i think you know you've got to you've got to give yourself a fighting chance of them being if they're good sleepers that at least gives you that to aim for throughout the day do you know what i mean if you're going one versus two i think oh totally i mean Twin parents generally don't have other children after they've had twins. <laughs> you, is it like is it like having a classic car where you walk past another twin parent to give them a nod? Like, oh yeah, we well, you know. It's, it's 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 like an exclusive club, definitely. Yeah. If I see uh, you know a parent with twins, I go, I've got twins, I get it. So, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. it's like a, a knowing like nod, go, bit of respect. Yeah, you're you're up to your knees and shit. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> And you must have to buy, like, so you've got everything in duplicate. Everything you buy, you have to buy two of, basically. Is that how it works? Pretty much. It's easier to buy exactly the same thing twice because then there's no arguments. You know, it's... Yeah. Uh, and when I get... So it's, if they get a birthday or, you know, Christmas, I, I'll say to people, if you're going to get them something, get them exactly the same yeah. for that reason. Because yeah. they'll just... We have, you know, they have a playroom full of toys and they'll argue over one button, you know? It's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, the oh, little shit God. one from Kinder Eggs, that little one. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, the, the full of, of uh, and it's just, it. oh my God, it drives me mad. Well, yeah, we, I have that because they're, they're so close together. It's just a two year gap. They they do play together, but obviously it's nowhere near as bad as twins. But they, we even with them being that close together, we have to get the same stuff or it just kicks off massively. You know what, so much, I, I, you nearly said it then, I was gonna, I was gonna rip into you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we had kids close together. It was like having twins. Fuck it's off. Not, it, no, no. I hundred percent. No way at all. The only thing you get from it is you get the benefit of what twins get, which is they've got someone to play with when they're close together. Yeah. However, you don't have to go through the turmoil of being a twin parent. Yeah. No. But you know, like I said, there's pros and cons. You know, it's it's a curse and a blessing. Yeah. I at least I've got it out of the way in one go. You know. Yeah. Uh, of course. But I'm still in the thick of it. And at the moment, I decide what they do, you know, the extracurricular activities, you know, be it, you know, and obviously they do swimming because that's a life skill. But pretty soon, they're going to tell me that they don't yeah. want to drama or football. Yeah. And they might be in completely different things. And then suddenly you're bringing up two kind of opposite childhoods. So then what happens, I rely, I have a great uh, network of uh, parents. So I guess that's when other parents come in. So, you know, we already do that. So I'll pick up. Um, you know, my friend's kids and take them to g- gymnastics. So they and they'll do swimming lessons for me. Yeah. So, you know, that's, you know, it's, it's scratching each other's backs. That, that's how it works. You come across really like, like someone who you, t- you treat parenting like a sort of profession. It's, I feel like I'm talking to like a university lecturer about a subject or its history. <laughs> like, you're so, oh, no, we're like, we have life skills for the, the swimming and the, the Welsh speaking and stuff like that. So have you always wanted to be a parent? Is it something you've really always wanted to do? And like, it feels like something you've really prepared for, even in advance of having kids, of this is how I want to do it, as opposed to like, oh God, I've got kids, what should we do? You know? I've always wanted to be a parent and I always had that paternal longing to have my own children um but being a gay man when i was growing up you know that you know you literally hit a brick wall straight mm. away so i never thought that was possible for me i never thought you know <laughs> i would come out as as a gay man and now i'm openly gay oh really you thought it would be you'd you wouldn't be able to or you just didn't want to or but, but all of the above because you know yeah. what guys it was a very different day and age you know we live in a very mm. progressive yeah. society now it's much more accepting there's still work to do, um, but you know, I every night on stage now I live my best life, 
Um, so one of my little boys, and I don't mind talking about this, and I don't know where it's going, but he likes to wear a dress. Mm. And, you know, I'm, I don't question that. Of course, if he wants to wear a dress, um, if my other little boy likes to wear nail varnish, you know, it's just dress up. It's just, yeah. my other, and, yeah. and then, you know, one of them likes to push his uh, trucks around in his pram. You know, it's, it's, yeah, they can do and play and be whatever they want to be. Yeah. But on stage, I wear a dress now. I wear a skirt yeah. on stage oh, and yeah. I do it for my little boy. And I do it for all of those you know, I, I don't want to say boys or girls, however you want to identify, I do it to fly the flag, you know, f- for that part of our community. Because yeah. Yeah. I never had that when I was growing up. And I do a little speech about, you know, how uh, a Steps concert is a safe space and we have an open mm. door policy. It doesn't matter how you identify, what gender, what sexuality, what color, what ability, you know, you come here and feel safe and live your best life. And it has the most incredible cheer because everybody yeah. just was accepted yeah. that more that's great it's, it's beautiful it is it really is when did you um pardon my ignorance when did you come out as gay yeah so um i actually uh came out i think it was 21 when i told um my nearest and dearest mm-hmm. but it was actually my, my coming out story wasn't a great one actually so i had a long-term partner at the time yeah. and i was in steps and I got the call off a newspaper and they were going to out to me. Oh, God. So I was on holiday at the time and I had to fly back and tell my parents and my friends oh. about, you know, and of course they assumed, but it wasn't anybody's story or right. Yeah, yeah. And it was mine. And I, and I felt like that was taken. I was completely robbed of that moment. Yeah, you know, yeah. I wasn't sure of myself. I never had the confidence. I never felt safe to do that. And I was forced, my hand was forced. And, you know, once I did that, because the newspaper didn't get any quotes off me, so they couldn't run the story. So I, I did it, you know, under due rest, really. And, yeah, it was a really shitty Oh, God. That's horrible, yeah. That's awful, isn't it? Yeah, it was. It's so tough. But then that's amazing that, you know, you can go through that. But now on stage, you can wear a dress and say that speech and there'll be kids that would have been you at that age worried about that kind of stuff and concerned and can see you doing that. So, it, you know... It's, it's great to see you making a difference. Those conversations need to start in schools and yeah. at home. Um, so, of course, I teach my children about diversity and equality and acceptance. And but they still come home. You know, there's there's there are conversations in the schoolyard. Um, and one of my uh, boys came home and said, oh, "Daddy, girls wear pink and boys wear blue." I was like, "Well, no, we can all wear whatever color." Yeah. So the next day, I made a point of going to school head to toe in pink, just to prove the point. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> and so you may notice I've I've got my nails painted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That is part of my tour costume, but I do it for again for one of my little boys because he loves playing with nail varnish. Yeah. And just making things, just small changes, you know. Well, yeah, because I, I did a drag episode, Robin Romesh, where we did full drag and did a full I saw show. that. Oh, my God, yeah, that I mean, was amazing. Yeah, I mean, I was crap, but I loved it and enjoyed it. And I and I, I know, and, and then someone went to me, oh, like, going to pick your kids up from school. And then you did drag on the telly. I went, yeah, I, I think if I think that's a positive more than, yeah, you know. Totally. And I think that's, and that's why, you know, me and Romesh wanted to do it as, like, straight blokes of doing that on the telly and then my kids seeing that. And it's like, oh, yeah, Dad wore a dress and it, isn't, it doesn't matter, really, if you want to wear it or not. 
are. It's not such a big deal. But I think 10, 15 years ago, some people might go, I won't do that in case my kid's sick. Kind of, you know, that kind of thing where it's, it, it does feel it's shifted slightly now where it's like, you know, it's just a different art form to explore as opposed to, oh my God, it's a bloke in a dress. So I think by, by showing that on screen, it does make a difference. And especially you at your shows for your boys. How did it feel wearing the dress? Do you know what? I quite, like, I quite liked all the getting ready and going out in it because it just felt like you were someone different. <laughs> I, I do me, yeah. Breastplate, the full works. I looked, I looked pretty good, to be fair. Do you know what's weird, though? It's like, what I liked about it was I, I expressed myself through stand-up, so I go out and do that, right? So I totally get why people use drag to express themselves. But what I've said to Romesh, what I'd quite like to do is, rather than do a drag show, I'd like to get dressed up like that and just go out for a night out. Just go out for drinks and dinner. That I would enjoy that more than the performing of it all, just as a fun thing to do. Do you think you'd get recognised? I think me and Romesh, we would. Especially... <laughs> <laughs> well, we've both got beards now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but uh, but that, that, I found that more fun um, than the actual performance, just being in drag. I found it quite... Did I, you have a, a name? What was your drag name? I was... Um, he was called Ruby Banganathan. <laughs> and I was Rusty Beaver, Toothy Diva. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, what would your drag name be? Just just Josh, I think it's fine. <laughs> just Josh Wiener. Just Josh. <laughs> yeah, Josh Wiener Widdicombe and Sexy Sister. <laughs> Do you know what they did? But at my nursery, we got an email because there was like... Um, some of the kids wanted their nails painted and they they were like, oh, loads of the... Like, they were like, are we all right to paint the kids' nails and stuff because the kids want their nails painted? And they were in brackets, they were like... But obviously it's boys and girls because a lot of people get that email and presume that it's just the girls that want it. Yeah. But loads of the boys were like really excited about having their nails painted and stuff. But it's just exploring. It's yeah, just exactly. And they, you know, in a traditional uh, family setup, there is a mum and they'll see their mum's nails painted and they want to do that. They want a copy so. Yeah. Um, oh, one thing I hate to, to ask you about was that you went the, down the surrogacy route for your boys. Mm -hmm. Could you, like, in layman's terms, sort of explain how that sort of works? Are you comfortable going through that? Just because yeah, yeah, I, I don't know and I'd like to learn and I'm sure a lot of the listeners might be in a similar a similar boat as well. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, I guess um, my surrogacy journey started because the adoption route failed for me. Um, uh, so my my then partner at the time uh, we went down the adoption route and we were quite far down the line. We'd done all the courses. We'd had all the checks. You know, the, it's it's quite an intense, um, exhausting process. And, you know, emotionally, it was exhausting because you actually had to bring up uh, quite a lot from the past. Yeah. You know, they were quite intrusive. And I was going to say rightly so. I mean, they need to know certain things about your past, you know, to form a well-rounded um, mm. picture of, of why you want to be a parent. Um, but that route just wasn't right for us. So it was at that point that I uh, started talking about surrogacy. And it was probably a good 10 years from initial uh, thought mm. of going down the surrogacy route to actually having my own physical children. That, uh, yeah, it was, it was quite a, a taxing process. Okay, so it's kind of like, a, it's like almost like a dating mm. app. So you get matched with a surrogate. And then you are matched with an egg donor. So you can choose an egg donor. Obviously, I had I have tadpoles, yeah. so they need to. Uh, yeah, that's that's that side sorted. Uh, yeah, they go. So we're all good there. Yeah. So um, you can choose an egg donor to uh, fit your uh, family makeup, so your own family background. Yes. What what do you think me and Rob would be fetching egg wise uh, if we were to sell our tadpoles? <laughs> you look like a fucking hedgehog at the moment. So not much. <laughs> I was just trying to make myself look taller. <laughs> <laughs> Spy my hair up.
And I imagine as well, you want you want the child to resemble you as much as possible. So mm. it makes sense to go if you are like blonde hair and blue eyes, you'd get an egg donuts, blonde hair and blue yeah. eyes. That's what my instincts would take me to yeah. if I was doing it. Yeah, I mean traditionally that's the way. Mm. Some people it doesn't matter at all. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so that's that's what I was looking for. You know, uh, children that kind of fit my own family um, background. What kind of details do you get? Like, how much info do you? Because you get their. Physical... Well, you have everything. So you know, you have the medical history as well. So you, oh, and they, you also have you pay more if the egg donor has a high IQ if they've gone to university level or a master level. Oh, wow, really? Wow. Yeah, very much so. Wow. Um, so I had a separate donor and a separate surrogate. Mm. So I was screened for everything as well because my biology oh, yes. was being put into, you know, into a surrogate. So, okay. you know, the the process is it's quite intrusive. It's very yeah. expensive. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my children were born in uh, the US because the laws are very different in America to yeah. the UK. So in the UK, so say... Uh, uh, Rob, you and your uh, missus uh, had my sperm and yep. another egg, um, and they were cooking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then you would be classed as parent one, and your wife would be classed as parent two. Okay. So I have no rights at all over, over that child. Even really? Though yeah. It, you know, it's part even of though, because basically it's been it's sort of growing in my wife as a surrogate, but it's the donor and your um, stuff in there. I would be the parent, even though there's nothing to do with me whatsoever. Even yeah, even if it wasn't uh, lose eggs, if it wasn't yes. anything to do with it, so it was a donor, you still would be parent one, parent two. I would have no rights. Oh God. So then how does that change? So, so it changes when you go to America. So that's the process. You can actually become parent one and parent two from three months in the womb. Oh, oh so you can do that in America. You can't do that here. Very much so, yes. So then that gives you a sense of security, doesn't it? Over what, you know. But very much so. But, um, you know, they're very different legal processes. But this one was more comfortable for me. It, it, it just yeah. sat right with me. Yeah. And did you go over to America for that period? Yeah. Um, so not for, not for the whole period. Um, so there were many failed attempts for various reasons. You know, I know more about women's ovulation cycles than women. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Best quote of the show. We were talking about this in the, in the, uh, in the tour bus the other day with the girls. And I was like, I know more about your menstrual cycles. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to mansplain, but I know a lot about, a lot about this. Guys. The menstrual cycle. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, uh, the process uh, was kind of hit and miss for very various different reasons. Egg donors didn't match. Um, uh, eggs weren't fertilized. Embryos weren't good enough. Surrogates weren't, you know, didn't. So, so many different factors. But eventually, um, I ended up with two beautiful little boys. Amazing. So, you oh, know, wow. all, the pain, all the heartache was worth it. Oh, brilliant. I, this is a weird question. Are you, do, are you at the birth in that situation? Like well, My uh, surrogate... Uh, she was uh, 38 weeks, so yeah. I'd flown out uh, because she had two weeks left. Mm. Uh, so I'd flown out for a, little, for a two week holiday. I was like, and this is the last holiday I was there on my own. Yeah. And uh, I was like, I'm really going to enjoy this. Booked, you know, a really bougie apartment, yeah. you know, massages, you know, beach, pool. The day I got there, I had taken a melatonin because I wanted to get over the jet lag. Yep. And I had slept then through 30 missed calls. I woke <gasps> up with a knock at my door going, your wife is having a baby. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, where? <laughs> and literally, literally, I was like, fuck. So I 
threw myself out of bed. It was like a movie. So I, oh, I called the, oh a taxi to God. take me to the hospital. The taxi took me to the wrong hospital, called oh. another taxi, got to the right hospital, walked into uh, you know, one of one of those gowns, and I literally saw my children being born that second. Oh, it was wow. brilliant! Oh, amazing! That oh. is brilliant! Oh, wow! Yeah, and then of course I was because it did come early. Um, I was on my own across the world with two helpless little people going. Oh wow. my God! Do I do now? And you you literally have them immediately, don't you? Is that that's great? Yeah, straight away. Yeah, yeah, very much. So. And you know, and I'm and my boy surrogate is very much part of my children's lives. You know, on a daily basis. So you know, it's not like you know she's she's uh, not part of us anymore. Yeah. You know, so she... what what involvement is that? Is it just sort of keep? Is it almost like keeping in contact, like an auntie or a godmother type thing? Well, or because yeah. um, we have a non-traditional family. You know, yeah. they they know that you know they don't fit the norm so yeah. from day one they know you know about their their auntie so yeah very much so. okay lovely that and not the donor idea. though the just the surrogate it's sort of done it, you've done it that way yes yes yeah, so uh yeah they're very different so donor and surrogate yeah. are very different uh, yeah. oh brilliant so yeah sorry for so many questions but i find it fascinating and i think we have a lot of people that have requested different types you know non-traditional parenting and the ways of you know conceiving and having children so I've, it's been absolutely amazing to, to to hear about it well thank you no I, I appreciate it because you know for you know, somebody like myself who never thought i could have children you know yeah. to, to have this visibility on a podcast like, like this is yeah it's incredible so thank you oh no thank you it's genuinely been amazing and really funny as well yeah long time ago that we were talking about steps doesn't it <laughs> Bloody <hell. laughs> and now we're talking about funky spunk i mean <laughs> Which was the other name for the band they were going to go for, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Finally, we've got my drag name, Funky Spark. Um, thank you so much. Uh, it's Cheers, been an absolute H. pleasure. The tour continues. So where's the tour at the moment? Like We're in Manchester. We're kind of a quarter of, of the way through now. So we're in Manchester at the moment. Oh, that's, so it's Manchester tonight. And then you've got a few more, loads more dates uh, till the end of the year. And, the, and obviously the, the new album's out as well. What the Future Holds, part two. Yeah, go on, name a song off it. Go on, what's your favourite Step song? <laughs> My favourite Step song? Um, Tragedy. That new one, that number two on the album. I've not, I'll be honest, I've not listened to the new album, but um, I'm a big fan of Tragedy, obviously. Okay. I, mean, I know that's not what you want to hear, hey. You know that's fine. What amazes me is that people seem to work that into their first wedding dance. <laughs> <laughs> Because also, I'd say the Steps fans are like are like fans you've never seen before. They are committed, aren't they? Yeah, very. But you know, we've been around twenty five years now, and when I look out into the audience, we have multi generations there now, and it's it's so beautiful to see. So you know, our fans who were children first time around, their parents didn't mind bringing them to a Steps concert because secretly they liked it. Yeah. And now they, those children have children. So there's three yeah. generations. It's, it's, it's great. It is. It's beautiful. Oh, it's brilliant. Well, yeah. So you're in Manchester and then Aberdeen, Belfast, Liverpool, Leeds, Glasgow, yep. Brighton, and at the O2 in London at the end of November. Oh. And then you finish it or you do Cardiff, then finish it in Bournemouth. I bet that was annoying. Did you want to finish in Cardiff? Yeah. <laughs> are you going to do Cardiff from home or are you going to, uh, are you going to stay in the, are you going to get a hotel in Cardiff or are you going to do it from home with? Well, do you know, at the moment, it's it's tough because we're in a bubble. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yes, yeah, one goes down, that's a lot oh, to lose God, out on. yeah. Exactly, and, you know, the implications and logistically, you know, you know, masterminding a tour is a minefield. So, yeah. you know, if one of us goes down, then, you know, the, <laughs> this shit, it's the fan. So that's why we have to be super careful. We're testing every day. Yeah. Nobody else comes in and out of our bubble. I have a day off today. I'm in my dress, in, in, in my room, talking to you. So, yeah. <laughs> No wonder you wanted to speak to us. You've got no one else to speak to. You're absolutely <laughs> desperate the company. <laughs> um, H, you've been absolutely amazing. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, H. <laughs> Thank you, boys. I, honestly, that was, that was a baller screen. Oh, Thank brilliant. You. Oh, Thanks, cheers, mate. H. Thanks, cheers, bye. bye. Good luck, that's all. That was Ian, H from Steps Watkins. <laughs> Oh, I love, do you know what? I thought I was going to like H from Steps. Oh, mate. But what a fucking geezer he is. What a legend. I loved him. So positive. Did not funny. disappoint, did he? No. And do you, oh. the biggest surprise, Rob, I'm, I am so surprised you haven't met H from Steps before. That has blown my mind. <laughs> I was looking at him going, I'm sure he's done the jungle. <laughs> How has he not done the jungle? A lot of money in Steps. Uh, that, I thought that was really good. It was, he's so engaging and funny. And really interesting. Yeah, really loved him. What a great guy. Um, yeah. Do you know, I don't say this often, Rob. <laughs> oh, go on, here he is. That was one of my favourites. Was it? <laughs> Blimey, I better check it out. You never say that. No, I, <laughs> I think you just really like doing this show. I don't hand out that honour lightly, but I had a lovely time. Yeah, we'll see you on Tuesday for another catch-up episode. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.